Hello, and welcome to the Mom Strong Podcast. I am Jen Johnson, and I am here to help you redefine what it means to be mom. I am so excited to be back on the mic after, I don't even know, I didn't even look when the last episode was published, but I'm glad to be here. I'll give you a little um, life catch up, and then we'll dive into today's topic, which is Sober October. So um, yeah, a little life catch up. A lot of life has happened. Uh, feels like fairly quickly. If you are a fan of the tarot deck, um, it feels like it's been the tower card, which if you don't know what that means, essentially it's the crumbling. It's uh, all the things, all the things that you thought were secure and safe, all crumbling down and you have to question them and you look at the rubble and you're like, what do I want to rebuild? What do I want to leave in the rubble? Um, it's been a lot. So we had a, um, basically a woman that I would consider a second mom, um, passed away, um, semi unexpectedly. And I think that that's, you know, it's tough for the people that are left behind. Um, I'm sure that when you die, that the, a quick death is probably what you want. Um, but I don't know, it was, it was really hard. It was unexpected. And I think that if, for me, it was the first, close death that I've had. It was some, it's something that I haven't experienced before. Um, I've had deaths in the family and, you know, like uncles and grandmas and things like that, but, um, I haven't had this happen before. And so it was something where like, I, those of you who have had a close death in your life, you will understand what I'm saying where pre this death, I didn't have that. Like, I don't know. It was like a, mm, it, it was this like irrational belief that things like that couldn't happen or that you hadn't experienced that sorrow. And now post death, it feels like, I don't know. It feels like there's like this little piece of me that's just a little bit sad. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of that is just that knowledge now of what it, you know, that nothing is certain and that nothing's ever been certain. I think we learned that through pandemic and through other life experiences, but especially when you have a death of someone that you love and that was just part of your life, that was just like, that's, they're just there. That's what they are. They're there. They're, their existence isn't questioned. It isn't like you didn't, I didn't think about, like, I knew that of course, obviously everyone's going to die, <laughs> but I think that it was more of like a, yeah, but like, that's not soon. Like, I don't need to worry about that. And then it just happened. And it was like, wow. And it puts a lot of your other relationships into perspective. It makes yeah, I think there's just there's just a little piece of me that it's going to be sad. And I didn't expect, I mean, obviously I should have expected some a crier, but I think that that's kind of what it feels like, you know, and this, it's just knowledge that it can happen and it can happen anytime. And, um, and yeah, just a, just a little piece of me that's just a little more sad, a little melancholy. And I think that's okay, you know? we can live with that. And, and I'm obviously trying not to catastrophize the rest of the relationships in my life and to enjoy them, um, while I have them, but they're just a little more precious. And again, I think if you've gone through a death like that in your life or multiple deaths or multiple losses, whatever that looks like, you get, you get what I'm saying here. So, so that was partially what happened these last couple of months. And, and I had some stuff happen in my work life where it was a really promising opportunity it didn't end up going through the way I wanted to and ended up being quite frustrating and challenging personally and professionally. And so that's been a lot. And there's been really good things. You know, I um, have been focusing on my marriage a lot more and that's been getting better and more fulfilling. And, you know, I've had a lot of clarity in my business. And that's kind of what brings us here today. You know, that clarity. 
Um, if you follow me on Facebook or Instagram, you've seen I've done a lot of changes this last couple of weeks and really just getting back in line with my core, which has always been serving moms and making sure that moms have a place to land, a place to untangle, a place to unlearn things and to be their most brightest, authentic self. And so last week um, I did, I do this probably like once a year, maybe once every year and a half. I rent an Airbnb somewhere and just bring my massive computer with me and just basically hole up for three to four days. Um, and last week I went to Des Moines and did that. And that was, you know, Des Moines probably around three and a half hours away from where we live. And so nice little workcation, I call it, where I can get up right in the morning and have an idea and work right away and not have to worry about the distractions of mom life. Um, and through that and through a couple coaching conversations that I've had, I was able to just really come to clarity with, with the mom strong brand and, Prior to this, um, you know, my my coaching, I, I built it on MomStrong. That's when I, you know, first went full time five years ago. My method, my program was called the MomStrong Method. Um, and that really was a weight loss program. It was something about health and wellness and weight loss. And since then, I've really stopped doing weight loss coaching in the traditional form that I had been doing it in. And I was hesitant to bring back the MomStrong brand because of that, because I didn't want to do, I don't want to do purely weight loss coaching. And it became really clear that like the mom strong was still there and the method, which was the program that I was doing definitely was not. (laughs) And so in redoing this last week and, you know, talking with different coaches that I work with and it became really clear that, you know, for me being mom strong is just redefining the, the motherhood brand and rebranding what we've been told is motherhoods. And so as, as, as motherhood is, um, and so for me, I did a rebrand. I did some color changes. I did some font changes. I changed the website. I changed my email um, to really reflect that mom strong, kind of that bold, fiery, sassy, um, resilient, and really the you know the tagline being that we're redefining motherhood because when you look around, and this isn't everyone, obviously, people people are so quick to point out the like the exceptions to the rule, and I'm like, yeah, I know that there are, it's not a firm like this is what mom is. But the majority of the soup that we were swimming in is telling us that we should be exhausted, overwhelmed, resentful, tired, um, overworked, overstretched. We should be sacrificing ourselves endlessly. And yes, there are obviously exceptions to this rule, which is what I'm hoping to build with the mom strong coaching. But like that is just like what we're told. And we often are tired and we are resentful, but we need to remember. And my reminder to you is that that is not our default. That is not just because you're a mom. Yep, that comes with it. Sorry, comes with the territory. You got to be overworked and exhausted and resentful and endlessly sacrificing yourself. And, you know, you are selfish for sure if you put yourself first. Like, that's bullshit. Like, yes, you may feel some of these things that we are told is just part of motherhood, but you don't have to believe that's who you are, how it should be. It doesn't need to be that way. It shouldn't be that way. So, that's what this is being built on. And this, this is when I, when I work with women one-on-one, that's what we're going to be rebuilding for them. It's their, the reminding of themselves of like, hey, you feel these things and you're in this kind of stuck place and you don't want to be there, whether it's with your marriage or your job or your parenting or your body or your life and you want to get out of there. That is the transformation provided in my one-on-one coaching services is redefining motherhood. And it's not on my terms. It's on your terms, but it's definitely not accepting the default terms. (laughs) We are rejecting that and then rebuilding it again with that tower card reference. We are crumbling it all down and going, okay, what do we, what do you individually want to carry forward in your mom strong life? And what are you 
actively fighting against as being told that's just what moms do. Yeah, we resent our husbands and we hate our kids and we drink because mommy wine time and we don't have time for ourselves and we burn ourselves to the ground endlessly sacrificing. Like that's just not sustainable. It's not a good look and it's gotten us nowhere good. And so that's where mom strong coaching comes in. So if you are interested in that, if you're like, fuck yeah, Jen, let's do this. I am feeling some of those things. I don't want to, I want to get out of this. I want to get unstuck and move forward. Um, that is really what my one-on-one coaching is based on. So you can check that out, momstrongcoaching.com. Check it out there. But let's get into the meat. The meat is over October. It is October 2nd. Um, and if you have been following me for a beat, you know that I am sober. I don't choose, I choose to not drink alcohol. Uh, today is 763 days of that, of not a drop of alcohol. And it's one of the hardest things, but best things I've done for myself. And I think it's like, you know, it's not... What I want to start this with is that you don't have to have a problem with alcohol to want to adjust your relationship with alcohol. I think sometimes we think that we have to like, if we say, hey, I'm not going to drink, it's because we're then admitting that we're alcoholics or that whatever, which may or may not be your story. It doesn't have to be though. I think so often we stop ourselves from examining that relationship with alcohol because it's not that bad and da 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 da, but like we kind of feel like, oh, maybe should I? And we don't give ourselves permission to experiment because we feel like we have really have an issue to like not choose to drink alcohol. Um, and so I, I challenge you that if you were thinking like, hey, maybe I want to like remove that from my life. For me, for me personally, it just got more and more incongruent with how I wanted to feel. It just didn't add anything to my life. I was like, wow, this is really numbing and I want to make myself feel. I want to feel more, which is fucking horrible and terrifying, <laughs> but I want to feel more and alcohol didn't help me do that. It also didn't help me with my physical goals with how I wanted to actually physically feel. Um, you know, I, I don't, I literally never have to worry about a hangover ever again. I can wake up and be like, wow, I can wake up and go work out and not have to mitigate the feelings of alcohol hangover or of shitty sleep because I had alcohol the night before. And this isn't an, even the science. This is not just like a little bit of alcohol, my friends. This is like a really like, like a little bit about, excuse me, this is not even just a lot of alcohol. It's even a little bit of alcohol can cause that, can cause that disruption in your sleep, can cause brain fog. All the things that we're like trying to fight against and looking for a magic pill for, just stop drinking alcohol and you will probably clear up a lot of these things. You'll sleep better. You'll have more energy. You'll have less brain fog. Um, it's just so good. And so for me, I, I think I did have a problem with alcohol. I for sure was like never like a one and done. It was always like one waiting for the buzz. If there's no buzz, then what's the point? Um but really what it came down to when I made the final hard decision, it just be, it just felt so incongruent with everything I was telling myself and telling others that I wanted to be like, feel like, do, exist in this life. Alcohol just didn't fit anymore. It just didn't bring any value. And so that's where I want to dive into these four tips. So if you were thinking about doing Sober October or maybe you're continuing, continuing your journey along the Sober Curious spectrum, um, my first one would be as you go into this month or whenever, whenever you, you can do it October, you can do it whenever, I don't care, but you set your intention. So maybe you don't want or need to go fully sober. Maybe you want to just see how it feels to not drink on weekends or on the weekdays or at the next social gathering or at brunch. Like set your intention just because it says sober October and it's like the default rule is like, oh, we should be sober the whole time. Don't drink. Otherwise, you're breaking the rule. No, no, no. Remember here we break the rules. And so I want you to break the rules and to really question it and to go, okay, what do I want to get out of this? What do I want? What What is my relationship with alcohol that feels, what are the sticky parts? Maybe it's the whole thing and you want to go fully sober. 
but maybe it's just like, hmm, it's kind of like, you know, I use it when I get home from work to numb and then I'm like a little bit buzzy around dinner and then I'm not fully present or whatever it is. And so think about the your pain point with alcohol and then add some rules in of like, what is your intention? Why do you want to do this? What are you looking to learn and get from it? Um, and don't be afraid to be like sober-ish, right? Like examining that relationship, I think is really cool. Next thing that I want to warn you when you do, if you do choose to go sober, your habit might jump. And what I mean by that is that when I gave up alcohol, I became a sugar addict, not addict, less dramatic, but I drink, I had a lot of sugar, a lot of sugar. And I was like, man, bummer, like really beating myself up for that. Or maybe you'll see like Amazon shopping may spike, or maybe you'll eat more. And I think that it's really in the spirit of like tackle one demon at a time. Like don't, if you're really going to focus your energy and effort on being sober, maybe allow yourself a little more sugar, maybe allow yourself a little more Amazon shopping, right? Obviously not in the long term. you will hopefully lick those habits and get those to feel good as well. But I think it's okay to let those other ones be as they are. If that keeps you sober, I think that's okay for now. Now, again, obviously you don't want to long-term like let the overeating, overspending, over drinking, or excuse me, over, um, overdoing anything. You want to get those habits better in check. But I think as you're tackling one and putting energy towards sobriety, that it's okay to let the other ones kind of like spike a little bit, just for, just for a little bit, give yourself that grace. Um, I also want you to decide how you want to share it. So is it with a big post and saying, group texting your friends saying, hey, I'm not drinking or hey, I'm not drinking on weekends or hey, da, da, da. Do you want to do it quietly as a solo promise? What feels right to you? And for me, what I found was the more people around me that I told, the easier it was because I didn't have to make up some like excuse or lie or like, you know, twist my words or excuse myself to the bathroom right when the drink order came or whatever. It was just, it was more upfront energy to be like, hey, I'm just choosing not to drink alcohol. It doesn't really fit with how I want to feel anymore. Um, you don't, you can still drink. We can still go to breweries. We can still whatever, you know, if that's cool with you. But like, just so you know, I'm choosing not to drink. Me saying that up front helped me do a lot of the work up front and not have to do as much mental gymnastics. Obviously, then it came down to it, you know, then the drink order would come around or then I would be alone at home and be like, should I drink? Should I not? You know, that's really more where more of the work was. But I, I removed that social pressure by telling as many people as I could um, beforehand, like, hey, I'm choosing not to drink. And sometimes I would give an answer and a response and, and tell them why. Sometimes I, I wouldn't. And I got really good. And I think it's a really good, like, boundary check as well that like you don't have to give people a reason for setting a boundary you can just say yeah i'm not choosing to drink and they're like well why but yeah i'm just not choosing to drink just just trying it out that can be enough or if you want to go into it and go into your reasons or go into whatever great awesome um but just remember you don't ever owe anyone an explanation if it makes you feel better great you don't ever owe anyone an explanation though for a boundary that you set and then the last tip, the fourth tip is replacing the ritual. So notice when you drink, why you drink and plan for a replacement. So for me, it was like I had the Boda box of wine on the counter and I'd get home, um, you know, from work or from whatever. At the end of the day, you know, Ryan would get home and I would just pour my drink and then that would lead to two or three. And so for me, it was having like the, I still like to pour like sparkling water in a wine glass, add a couple fancy cherries, a splash of cranberry juice. Like that helped me replace that ritual. Um, so it might be when you're out with friends, like have a first drink order plan. Like that's often the hardest time. If you're a social, when you go out, it's that first drink. What do you want to drink? And you're like, uh, I guess I'll have, and you know, whatever you want to have, but have that plan going cold Turkey can be really hard. And so replacing that ritual and having fun exploring other options can be really cool. Um, a lot of restaurants also do have great mocktail menus. You're seeing that more and more, which is awesome. A kitty cocktail is wonderful. Uh, I do usually a soda water with lime. I really enjoy that. 
And you can also sub in the ritual with like, you know, maybe right when you get home from work, you would pour a glass of wine. Instead, you want to do some journaling or you want to read from your book or you want to go to a workout class or call your bestie. Just think about this is that kind of like sending your intention and pre-planning for those barriers that might get you off track. You're looking and saying, okay, when and why do I drink and how can I anticipate that itch and kind of scratch it ahead of time or be ready with like tools to help me scratch it in a different way. So remember, no matter how sober October goes or your sobriety journey or you're questioning your alcohol or whatever, you are so badass for exploring that relationship because it's like one of the interesting, I think what, you know, maybe a fifth tip is to stay super aware and just like give yourself that break from alcohol to realize how incessant it is in our culture and like just examine that, that like it's a socially acceptable thing which isn't necessarily bad in itself, but it's also can be a really big weapon and really toxic. But just notice how socially permeated it is in commercials, in food references, in, oh, of course, the mom groups, my God. So just examine that and kind of go, huh, is that the default that I want to go to? And does it work for me? And what is my default around alcohol and my use of alcohol? And what I tolerate people talking about alcohol around my kids and around myself and like just be different just like question it question that norm so I guarantee that if you stay curious with this you're going to learn so much about yourself and you may go back to square one where you're like yeah actually I'm okay with this and I've made peace with myself right but I learned a lot right I think if we don't give ourselves permission to just take a break and to learn to feel uncomfortable then we just Go with the default, and that might not serve us. And it might serve you. Who knows? But you don't always know until you say, you know what? I'm going to take a little pause break and just see, like, does this feel really good to me? So if you are doing Sober October, let me know. I'm here to support you. I'm cheering you on. I know it's hard. I think you're going to have so much awareness, and you're going to learn how to sit with uncomfortable feelings, which really is what it's all about in life anyways. Um, and I hope that you find your sober, curious, happy spot. It might be completely sober. It might be special occasions, however you define that, it might be whatever. It's your journey. There's no gold star or better than for going completely sober. It's your journey and making peace with you and with what you know is right and what you feel is right and really is in alignment with how you want to feel and be. So I hope this gives you encouragement, some ideas, some exploration things. Um, And yeah, I'm excited to... Oh, don't forget, friends, I have transferred everything over. I have a new Instagram account. So if you are following me on Coach Jen Johnson, that is no longer a thing. We are going over to MomStrong Coaching on Instagram. So Instagram.com slash MomStrongCoaching. That's where I will be sharing everything MomStrong related, coaching related, supporting moms, all of that. So go find me on Instagram, MomStrongCoaching, um, and reach out. Let me know. Say hello. Like when you follow me, don't just follow me. Like say, hey, I'm super excited to be here. Hey, Jen, like let's start a conversation. I, it feels like sometimes I'm talking to avoid. And I love it when I hear responses back. So you could do my little heart a favor with that. And I really am excited to help you redefine what your version of mom looks like. Like, let's let's just stop accepting the default. Let's just say that's all bullshit and shut that chapter down and open up a fresh new page and go, hmm, if I could make mom life look like anything, what would that be for me? I think that's a great journaling question. All right. I'll see you on the next podcast.